Hello, I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's February 12th, 2024. We're live streaming on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you have not. Post-game show, rubinreport.locals.com. As always, hope everybody had a great Super Bowl weekend. Connor, let's switch the order here. Let's go right into the Super Bowl real quick before I tell you about my weekend. I had had an absolutely spectacular freaking weekend. But before I get to that... Uh, the Super Bowl was yesterday, as you guys know. I forgot to watch football this season. It looks like the third season in a row. I completely forgot to watch. Nobody calls me on Sundays to tell, reminds me. Anyway, I had to put out a prediction beforehand. I'm, uh, I'm an influencer on the computer. And uh, my prediction, without watching one minute of football this entire season, was Chiefs 27, 49ers 23. Book it. The final score, as you know, was Chiefs 25, San Francisco 49ers 22. That is the level of punditry that Dave Rubin is able to do without even paying. Think about all the hours that people like Brock have wasted their lives watching football just so that they could get to the Super Bowl, so they could make a prediction, so that they could eat their wings and drink their beer, and then they get everything wrong and lose money, and there I am out there doing that. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, One other quick fun thing on the Super Bowl. Uh, is that Ron DeSantis has suddenly, since he dropped out of the presidential race, he's suddenly on Twitter, he's doing fun things, he's less robotic, he's having a ball. Anyway, his son, he did a video with his son doing predictions for uh, not only the Super Bowl, but the conference championships as well. And the kid nailed every freaking thing. I thought this was just cute. Take a look. All right, we've got some. We've got the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship games this weekend. Everyone wants to know who's going to go to the Super Bowl. All right, so Mason... Who's going to win the Chiefs versus the Ravens? The Chiefs. And then who do you think's who's who's playing in the other game? Uh, at the Detroit Lions and the Holy Niners. Okay, and who do you think's going to win that one? Uh, maybe I choose the 49ers. Okay, so that means the Super Bowl will between be between the 49ers and the Chiefs. Who do you think is going to win that game? I think that uh, that the Chiefs will uh, beat the Reds. Beat the 49ers? Yeah. Well, that happened in Florida a couple years ago at the Super Bowl. So who's the Chiefs quarterback? Mahomes, and he can beat the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Not, uh, he can throw the Pacheco, he can throw Chaz Kelsey, anybody. Wow. Well, we'll see what happens, but uh, you've been pretty good on your predictions, and so maybe people will play, play some bets accordingly. Anyway, I just thought that was cute. The kid nails the conference championships, nails the Super Bowl pretty good. But now I want to just tell you one other thing about my weekend before we get into the show. So on Friday, as we said goodbye at the end of the Friday show, I said I had something super that I was super excited about to do that night, but I didn't want to say where I was going. Anyway, I went to the Hard Rock hotel here in Hollywood, the giant guitar-shaped hotel, uh, and I got to see Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. The rest of the Four Seasons are long gone. There's me and Frankie after the show, uh, but I will tell you how that ended up happening. Uh, for those of you who've been watching the show for a while, you know I just I just love Frankie. I love the Four Seasons. I love 50s, 60s, 70s music, all of that stuff. Uh, you may remember that I told uh, Frank, I told Bill Maher a story of Frankie Valley. So a couple of years ago, I lived like two blocks away in LA from Frankie Valley. And I found that out because the day I moved into my house, I was playing the Four Seasons in the background and the the woman who sold us the house walked in and she's like, oh, Frankie Valley, I sold him his house. He lives like two blocks away. 
She's like, if you ever want to meet him, let me know. So I tried to get to meet him. It didn't quite work out. And then two years ago, we're still living in LA and uh, I was having a 45th birthday party. I hadn't had a birthday party, like a real party since I was 30 years old. So 15 years, we're having like 150 people over big, big party in our new house. And I was like, I want to get Frankie Valley to come to this party. And this is the story that I told Bill Maher for those of you that heard it on Club Random Podcast. Anyway, for weeks we're trying to reach out and I was gonna offer plenty of money. It was also during COVID, but I was gonna say he wouldn't even have to say hi to me. He could just go right upstairs, stand on the balcony. You know, you basically you could lip sync, oh, what a night, Greece, get out of there. You know, 10 minutes of your life, whatever. I offered $10,000, which is to me a crazy amount of money, but I was like, I really just wanna do this. Let's just see what happens. Anyway, they came back to us, they wanted $100,000. So obviously it was not gonna happen. Right, so, okay, fine. Anyway, I was kinda, kinda depressed and it's the morning of my big party and David says to me, can you go get some orange juice? Go, go to the supermarket, get some orange juice. I go to the supermarket and get orange juice and I'm really depressed because it was like, I thought it was gonna happen, 10,000, I thought that was pretty good. Anyway, I'm right there in the juice section and I turn around and who's standing there thumping a watermelon but Frankie Valley? And I went up to him and I was like, oh, you were gonna come to my house tonight, I was gonna give you $10,000. And he looked at me, at a, he had a mask because it was still COVID, looked at me like I was completely insane. He was like, that's great kid, that's great. Anyway, I got to, we go to the Hard Rock Hollywood and it's five hours before the show, we were going there for dinner and some guy comes up to me and he says, hey Dave, I'm a huge fan, how you doing man? I thought you might be here, I know you love Frankie Valley. He's like, I'm the drummer, you wanna meet Frankie after the show? And anyway, got to meet Frankie. I was, it was just awesome. I told him that story. He's like, yeah, you did seem pretty nuts. Anyway, it was just great. And the guy's 89 years old. We're gonna talk about Joe Biden and his sort of collapsing mental state. And it's like, man, it's not about age. Cause this guy's older, way older, like eight or so years older than Joe Biden. And he's still got it. He's up there, he's performing. He was great after we spent about 10 minutes together. It was, anyway, it was just great. So I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you ate your wings and drank your beer and all of that stuff. Now let's get to the show. The theme today uh, is really a nice extension of everything we've been hitting lately because more and more people are waking up. It's beautiful to watch and we wanna give them the room to go ahead and do it. So I'm sure many of you know of actor Michael Rappaport. It's kinda, kinda huge in like, I would say late late 90s into 2000s, but he's stayed relevant, does, does all sorts of TV shows, movies and all that. But he has been a far, far lefty, very vocal on social media for years. Total Trump derangement syndrome, by his own estimation, has said he has Trump derangement syndrome. But over the last year or two has been waking up to a whole bunch of stuff and, and really in these last few months uh, since the events in Israel on October 7th has been waking up to the craziness of identity politics and wokeness and all of that stuff. So anyway, on Friday, he was on the Patrick Bet David podcast. And just watch this little exchange, just how beautiful it is when you see someone so passionate actually waking up to the truth. No, because I, well, you've I will also acknowledge yeah. that you know that one thing about the Charlottesville that 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 I ranted about. Yes, and I was wrong about the both sides thing. Yeah, yeah, and, but, so and I respect so irresponsible, and I respect the shit out of Wait, let me campaign. let me hear him out. Hang on, yeah. go, go a little bit more. What do you mean by that? You were wrong on that. No, because he said the, the both sides. You know, there's good people on both sides, and when you see the full quote, yeah, yeah, it, that wasn't what what he said, and 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 you know. I, I ranted on him hard for that. Mm -hmm. Hard. There's some video about it, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I ranted hard because I was like, what are you talking about, man? Because you got played. And here's what the re this is why I think you're going to vote for Trump. 
is because you, much like me, much like many people, independent thinkers, not the sheep, realize we kind of got played a little bit. Yes, Trump ain't exactly the smoothest character. He's not, he's not Jesus Christ. No, but he actually, his policies and who he has around him are way better than what's going on there. And here's my final point. You see what's going on with the border. You see yep. what's going on with the wokeness. You see what's going on with culture wars. And you see what's going on with actual wars. Yeah. Specifically, you see who the, the Democrats have exposed their hand, especially the progressive left. You see what's going on between Israel and Gaza. You have three starved David highs on your chest right now. Mm -hmm. And as someone who is a proud New Yorker your whole life, you see what the Democratic Party has turned into. This D-E-I-E-S-G, yep. woke manifestation of ridiculousness, intersectionality, decolonialization. You're looking at that and you say, you know what? As much as I can't stand big dick Donald Trump. You said it. At least he's normal. At least he doesn't want to turn my boy into a girl. Well, at least he's normal. Well, yeah. Yes. You, you, at least, his poly, at least he doesn't it. want to turn my boy into a yeah, girl. Yeah. At least he's defending Israel, not the terrorists. And at the end of the day, I'm a reasonable person. Okay, so the guy talking there is Adam Sosnick, who's one of PBD's uh, sidekicks, co-hosts on the show. Now, I have to say, if I can just give myself a little credit here for a moment, uh, I've been on the show several times, and Sosnick, uh, he was originally, when the podcast started, he was a lefty, 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 liberal, Trump derangement syndrome, Democrat supporter, the entire thing. Uh, he credits me with waking him up. So I woke him up, and then how beautiful, he is now sitting there with Rappaport helping wake him up. So, and I love the line when he says, you got played. That Rappaport is acknowledging that he got played, right? He's going, wait a minute, that very fine people on both sides thing, that was a lie. It was a lie that the media and the Democrats ran with. Not only that, it was a lie that Joe Biden, his campaign launch video, I know you guys know this, the minute 30 video that they put out when Joe Biden announced he was running for president, the first time he said, the only reason I'm running is because of very fine people in Charlottesville and the entire freaking thing was a hoax. Anyway, Sosnick's doing a beautiful job and I love to see that. Someone that has woken up themselves because they become the best advocate for the truth and for what's right, continuing to push on Rappaport and Rappaport's getting there. You know, that always comes down to when I do these videos about Bill Maher and Joe Rogan and some of these other people, you guys always say, I always see in the comments, but they may not get there. They may not vote the right way. And you're right, they may not but other people might. And that really is the key part. Uh, here's Rappaport continuing. So like you said initially, I think I'm gonna consider this. Oh, it's, I'm considering it. Yes. But to pull that, well, I don't know, we don't pull, pull levers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Actually pull that lever. Yeah, but pulling the but, lever for Biden. And, the, and then I'm, you're not, pulling, I'm, not, I'm gonna tell okay. you right now, I won't vote. I'm not voting for Biden. No. I'm not voting for Kamala. I'm not, you know. But then I'm you not, can't talk and you need well, to be able to talk. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, so you're saying so for you? I won't vote for them. So no matter what, that decision is that final. That ain't happening. Okay. No, I'm not. They're not not happening. Who? What? For no, Kamala, I'm for Kamala. I'm wow. not voting for Biden. Or anybody. What about Mikey? What about anybody else? Them. What no, about no, Michael? Listen, what about anybody Vinny, from what the left? What he's saying is. Who? Who? Saying There's is, nobody. I'm saying like. Kennedy? What if Newsom or one of these cats pop up? Uh, Gavin? I just left California. I'm not voting for Gavin with the good hair. I love that. I love that. Gavin with the good hair. Just like, get out of here. So here's my thing, though. I'm not a sucker. I love how Gavin Newsom has been reduced to hair. Like everyone now hates the man so much that even people who used to live in Cali and, and also Rappaport just left Cali, they've, all they've got, all he has, all that slimy lizard man has is his slicked back hair. 
that's it. I wish uh, Rappaport had been a little, a little less dismissive of RFK Jr., but let's just put that aside. The point is, here you have a lifelong progressive lefty Democrat activist. That's what the guy really has been more than an actor over the last couple of years, saying, I am done with that party. So that is proof. It is proof of what my thesis has been over the last few months that that group of disaffected liberals, those are the people that can now shift. It's, it's really the only group in America uh, that can shift electorally. And we got to keep putting some steam in that engine because we're gaining ground here. But I'm going to prove to you. I've got more. I've got proof. We, we have video today on the show. That's very exciting. We've got video proof of my thesis because it's not just Adam Sosnick and it's not just Michael Rappaport, but it's a whole bunch of other guys. Yeah, the Rogans and the, and the Bill Mars, sure. But again, it's the people that are watching them. We'll get to that on the other side. Let me talk to you guys about Preserve Gold real quick. Uh, if you want to help protect your retirement, I recommend you request the free investment guide for my friends at Preserve Gold today. They'll explore the right options for you and will help you with the process to have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA, 401k, or other qualified retirement account. And they make it easy. They are BBB, that triple B accredited, with zero consumer complaints and hundreds of satisfied clients. They're also a founding member of the Precious Metals Association, so you know you're in good hands. And as an exclusive offer for the Rubin Report viewers, they'll give you up to 10 $1,000, yeah, in free gold and silver with a qualifying purchase or retirement account rollover. They'll even throw in an immediate 500 account credit if you request your investor guide today. So don't wait, visit preservegold.com slash Dave today to get your free gold and silver retirement kit and take the first step towards helping protect your wealth. Again, that's preservegold.com slash Dave to get your free guide from the good people that preserve gold and now back to me. Okay, so one of the things that you must do as people are waking up is sometimes you have to treat them with kid gloves. They are so deep on the lies, right? The mainstream media has convinced so many things. Donald Trump is Hitler. MAGA is actually a Nazi movement. Very fine people on both sides. Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist. Jesse Smollett was gonna be lynched, all of those things. They're so deep on the lies that you have to debunk them in real time. So I wanna connect this to my appearance on Real Time a couple months ago because Rappaport said that one of his wake up moments, and everyone has their wake up moment, one of his, and it's actually usually a few that people have, was when he realized that very fine people on both sides was a complete lie. Well, here was me debunking it to lifelong lefty Democrat strategist James Carville and the gold standard of leftist liberalism, Bill Maher, on HBO Live in, dare I say, real time. I'm, I'm getting ready for the next Trump term already. Uh, he says he, under his, under his administration, his next one, schools will teach students to love their country, not to hate their country like they're taught now. I gotta say, this one doesn't bother me so much. Because I think that, I mean, this is what I see when I see kids demonstrating these progressive progressives demonstrating for Hamas, the most illiberal people in the world, that, oh good, we're gonna give America its comeuppance, asshole America. This is, they kind of have been indoctrinated this way. Vulnerabilities in the party, James, the Democrats have a big split generationally on this issue. The kids seem to be with the Palestinians. And the older generation seems to be with Israel. Well, the kids are with TikTok. They're with whatever TikTok tells them to be for, basically. Well, that yeah, is right. where a lot what, of their... What, what were, the, were the good people on both sides of Charlottesville? I don't know. Did I hear that or did I make that up? 
that Trump said they're good people on both sides. He, he didn't say that. He did not. He, he, well, he well, said he, it, I, but I, a I, sentence I, later, he said, I'm uh, not talking about the white supremacists and, and the oh, neo-Nazis. Oh, well, uh, yeah, after. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, 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 really, it was badly know. phrased. I it think was, we can okay. agree on it that. It was inelegant. <laughs> I subtly did it. I didn't call him a moron or anything else, but he kind of crumbled, right? James Carville right there. I just told him what the truth is, and he kind of crumbled. And then Bill Maher, you know, later went on to say, well, it was inelegant. But think about it. This was the very thing that was the genesis of the, the Biden campaign launch. So the point is, when you start telling the truth, it's not that James, I'm going to sit there and James Carville is going to be all right. You're right. Be like, you're right, I'm not a Democrat anymore. You're right, I'm not a Democrat anymore. Or Bill Maher is gonna suddenly fully get it. But millions of people are watching these things. I wanna show you uh, one other clip. This is a year before, uh, I know you've seen it, but this is me on Real t uh, on Club Random, sorry, the podcast, uh, talking to Bill Maher about the difference right now between Democrats and the, the progressive lunatics and say Trump and Republicans and where tolerance really sits. First of all, you got to break up with your boyfriend, Donald Trump. Who would you say is more authentic, him or Joe Biden? Him. Who's He's... more authentic, him or Elizabeth Warren? But authentic doesn't mean good. No, if you're I, authentically I a crazy person. But pretty good when he was president. What, what was pretty good? We weren't in a recession. The border was a little bit better. We didn't have a crazy war in Ukraine. Like He hasn't conceded the election. For four years when he was president, Hillary Clinton, he's an illegitimate president. Stacey she didn't a. say that. Yes, she did. I met him and I, I kind of was like, all right, he's not evil. He's not Hitler and he's certainly not a homophobe. They used to have these Trump rallies on Sundays. They so, didn't burn down Rodeo Drive like Black Lives Matter. And I'm telling you, you so, could have walked in that audience. Yes, would a certain amount of people have been like, ah, fuck Bill Maher and bleh. But But you know what? A lot of people would have been there like, you know what, Bill Maher's here, that's pretty cool. Think how different that would be than if you went to an AOC rally where you would be hated beyond imagination. You're right. It's just true. It's, it's all, just true. They're, they're the left are more purists. Hey, I'm not showing you these clips because I love watching myself. Actually, I prefer to show you clips not of me, but I think that there is something connecting these things on how to deprogram people. And then once they are sort of where Rappaport is, now we gotta create the conditions that they'll be able to actually vote a different way, right? Like that's what you gotta do. And a lot of people are seeing it. So the other guy who really is seeing it and did not vote, in last election because he clearly didn't like Biden but wasn't gonna pull the pull, pull that lever, as they say, uh, for Donald Trump is Joe Rogan. Uh, and Joe Rogan, again, who, the idea that he's a conservative is just ludicrous, right? This is a mushroom-eating, MMA-fighting, comedian, pot-smoking, tripping, ayahuasca-doing podcast host, yet he now has more common cause with the conservatives than he does with the liberals. That is that is just a strange, odd reality of 2024. Uh, anyway, here is Rogan talking about uh, what's going on with America right now and why that leads people to kind of where Trump is. When you watch those migrants jump those cops and beat their ass, and then they got out of jail, with no bail right away. That's trouble. That is why. I know, but it depends what and your algorithm is. And they're Tupac in the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They Tupac the camera on the what? way out. Yes. I didn't see this. Yes. Apparently I, those guys have fled. And they got released or deported? They got released. Oh, they're just what? back out. Dude. Yeah. Like a vote? Are they trying to like get new yeah. voters or something? I would imagine yes. Yeah, That's... but they're not going to be down with If you ever meet like a well, dude you, from you know, Guatemala. You do they're doing it right now in New York City. In New York City, they're allowing illegal immigrants to vote. Yeah. This is something they just... 
Is that true? Is that absolutely true? Let's make sure because this is a big statement. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> that was one of the things that they were trying to do. They were trying to make it so that these people could be documented. And this is what they keep saying. The, the, the way to deal with the undocumented people is find a pathway for them to be documented. Sure. That's how we've always done yeah. it. It's legal immigration. Now, you might think legal immigration is too restrictive. Okay. But you can't just let anybody in because terrorists are a real thing. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, this is not like an imaginary, it's not like orcs. Like, we know terrorists are real. Yeah. And they already caught that one guy where they asked the guy, like, who are you? He goes, you will know soon enough. And then they find out, okay, this guy's on a terrorist watch list <laughs> and made it into America. What a dumbass. Yay. Yeah. By the way, that guy at the end that he's referencing, you'll know who I am soon enough. Do we even know what happened to that guy? We couldn't find anything. We think he's just wandering around America right now. We played you that clip a couple times. Remember somebody walks up to him and he's like, who are you? Are you illegal? You will know who I am. Like, it, it's so absolutely crazy. But the, the broader point that I'm making is that Rogan is just some guy who's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have illegal immigrants kicking the crap out of cops and maybe our cities should be livable places and maybe we should actually have a border. None of none of those are even conservative principles. They would have they were sane liberal principles actually for many many years, but but obviously that has been kind of blown apart. But the point really is that this isn't an anomaly. Having Rogan now sit around with a bunch of comedians who all would have thought they were lefties for for the last couple of decades, now all being like all right, you know, kicking the crap out of cops and then flipping the bird to the media as you get literally walked out of prison with no punishment, that's a bit much. But it's happening all over the place. It's happening in the sports world as well. We're gonna talk about Stephen A. Smith in just a sec. Uh, but first, let me talk to you guys about the wellness company. Guys, the pandemic showed us how vulnerable our supply chain is. And the truth is the US has left itself vulnerable to supply chain manipulation from China. With close to 90% of our pharmaceuticals being produced outside of the US, what happens when the next global crisis strikes or China decides to use supply chains as a weapon in conflict? Pharmacy shelves in America will be empty. Do you have what your family needs? The question of whether we need to be preparing for drug shortages is no longer a question. While the Biden administration won't bother sounding the alarm, other countries are advising their citizens to start preparing by stockpiling prescription drugs they may need. Euro European consumers, like American consumers, are relying on a pharmaceutical supply chain that has been almost entirely taken over by the Chinese. Uh, yes, that is a problem. This reliance on China for prescription drugs has only gotten worse since COVID, and as tensions escalate between the US and China, the possibility of using uh, the possibility of China using this leverage to their advantage becomes more and more plausible. How do you protect yourself and your family against prescription drug shortages? Be prepared with the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit includes eight life-saving medications, including amoxicillin, z and ivermectin, for you to keep on hand along with a guidebook for safe use. Supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, tick bites, or COVID, every scenario is covered. Go to twc.health/ruben and grab yourself a medical emergency kit right now. That's twc.health/ruben. Code Ruben gets you 15% on checkout. Don't wait till you need it. Take control of your health with the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit. Kits available only in the USA. And now back to me. Okay, so the great awakening is here. Not the great awakening, the great awakening is here. And it's, it's going across verticals. It's not just actors. It's not just political people. It's not just your Aunt Karen. It's a whole bunch of other people waking up 
Sports world people are waking up because sports, unfortunately, has been decimated by wokeism. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, longtime ESPN guy, well, he's waking up in real time right now, and uh, he's a little upset that Democrats uh, in the city that he's been living in for quite some time, New York City, are gonna pay criminal illegal aliens to be there while we, at the same time, somehow give billions to Ukraine. So you can pick and choose. What it came down to for me is this. I see homeless folks in the streets of New York all the time that are American citizens. I damn sure see them in California. We've got poor, impoverished, starving people who were born and raised in this nation. How in the hell do we come up with a $53 million pilot program for illegals but folks who are here legally are born here. We don't have enough of them. Just like we could come up with billions for Ukraine. But somehow, some way, we can't fix the homeless problem. I'm down for helping Israel. I'm down for helping address the situations with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Okay? I'm down for helping the Ukrainians and fighting off Russia. What about poor and desolate citizens here? How the hell do you print money for foreign countries? But you don't print that money to help eradicate folks that are starving right here in the streets of America who were born and raised here. This is what I'm talking about. And so when you have something like that, what's the one way to eradicate it? Yes, you got to have a flourishing economy. Yes, you can't have inflation. Yes, you can't be on the verge of a recession. Milk don't need to cost $7. Bread don't need to cost $5. Don't get me started with how much sugar cost. You can talk about employment all you want to. You can talk about the labor participation rate. But guess what? If you ain't making no damn money and you got to get two jobs to pay the same prices or to buy the same amount of stuff that you used to buy and the price is higher than it used to be because of inflation, then guess what? What are you really accomplishing? That's why Trump is on the verge of getting elected, re-elected. Because when he was in office, there was a flourishing economy. You gotta love the way that guy talks. You know what I mean? He's making a point and he's gonna make that point over and over until your head explodes. Um, what's interesting, there's a couple of things there. First off, he's a sports guy. I always talk about how I don't watch sports anymore because every time you turn on anything, it's become political. Why is he angry and talking about homeless people and crime and everything else on his sports show? It's because this thing has now smashed Everybody, people who just wanted to wake up every morning and talk about the box score in the basketball game last night are like, oh, there's a homeless person raping my aunt outside. That's a problem. <laughs> that would be a problem. I just want to talk about who won the Knicks game. So that's why he's angry. You know, he also makes an interesting point there because he's taking not just like some pure America shouldn't do anything in the world position. He's basically saying, hey, we can help other countries. We're kind of, like, we're America. We can still do other things, but how about we do some of the stuff here? Look, I'm not even sure we can fix some of our problems here. I don't know that we can fix some of our problems over there, but either way, we shouldn't just be letting everybody in and then giving them money. What, what really spurred him on was this $53 million credit card program in New York City to give illegals extra money so they can wander around and eat Arby's and everything else. So he's angry over the country and his city 
disappearing. And I want to just, you know, I love, oh wait, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, when, you, when I say that they're disappearing, check this out. So this is over the weekend and every weekend, we can always show you a ton of these. Here's body cam footage of what we now know is an illegal group of migrants, a gang of migrants attacking New York City police officers. This is the heart of Times Square. Thousands of people all over the place kicking the crap out of New York City police officers. What you're seeing there is the cops body cam footage. These people should all be in jail. Well, they shouldn't be in our country in the first place. They should be in jail at this very moment somewhere in New York City and deported tomorrow. They will not be, they will likely be let out uh, just like those other ones. We played you that video last week of a bunch of, a bunch of migrants, illegal immigrants attacking police officers and then flipping the bird to the camera. That's what Joe, Biden, uh, Joe Rogan was referencing. Um, this is not going to stop. And the more that it happens, the more and more good, decent people will wake up. I wanna contrast that. You know I love these videos. This is a, a video from New York City in 1930. I don't think there's any audio on it, so I'll just talk over it. But look at, look at this. Look at the way people are dressed, going about business, the newspaper guy there. Like, just look, just look. I know everything was not perfect in the 1930s, but those are people going about their business, decent human beings trying to live a decent life, building what would become the greatest city in the history of the world that now people are fleeing in droves. And you might go, well, why else are people fleeing in droves? Well, the other reason, it's not just the crime, it's because they've let so many of these people in, and unfortunately, because the progressives, wherever they go, no matter what problem they see, they see it as a problem of capitalism or the system. They never see it as a problem of the, the ideas that they are importing. So the new city that we've been talking about a lot lately is Boston, and Boston has completely collapsed. This video is absolutely wild. This is Boston City Councilwoman, Councilwoman. her name is Julia Mejia. And uh, where does she wanna start housing people? Well, you know, the shelters are all overtaken and they're running out of hotel rooms and everything else. So how about you take them? Why don't you take them in your house? Yeah. At um, Wellesley, Brookline, you know, cities and towns that have so much more resources um, than the city of Boston. Boston City Councilwoman Julia Mejia thinks more migrants can be placed outside of Boston. I think everybody needs to start opening up their doors because this is a shared responsibility. Controversy over the placement of surging immigrants comes as a new report links immigrants who settle in Massachusetts to economic benefits for the region. Congrats, Boston. You, you voted that woman in. She's a city councilwoman over there. And you know what? You should start taking people in your, I got three extra bedrooms. You cannot come to my house. If any of you want to sleep, you guys are welcome. But like, no, you can't. You can't come and these people are ruining absolutely everything. By the way, that woman's earrings. Can we just take a look at that woman's earrings again? What in the world? You know, it's sort of like, remember the end of Schindler's List when he realizes if he would have just sold this ring, he could have saved that many more people. Lady, you got to sell those earrings. You could put up probably 10 migrants for a year 
with whatever the F, but how could someone walk around with just like some giant thing hanging on their ear all day? It seems horrible. But this is what they've done. They've ushered in this lunacy and it's, and it's spreading, it's spreading. The other place we've talked about a bit more lately is uh, Maine because Maine is now pushing a bill. This is just so, in, it's so insane that it's not insane because the progressives do everything to the maximus insanus ability. Uh, there is a new bill in Maine seeking to establish priority of illegals over veterans. These are people who have fought our wars. What about the military folks that are getting out of the military and they have to go through all the lines and start all over again, even though they have credentials? So my question, pretty simple, why would we fast track them and we won't do it for our military? They have the advantage of speaking the language most of our military folks. So these folks that we're really working on may not have that. So it's going to be really difficult for them to say, yes, I used to be an uh, electrician in my country. I'm just using mine, which is Somalia. But that might not really fall into our laws that we have in this country. So that Somali woman... Now on the board over there in Maine, she wants to make sure that we give extra, uh, an extra fast pass, a fast track, so that these illegal migrants come in. They may not be able to tell you that they're an electrician. Now, is it possible that they need more electricians in Maine? I suppose, um, but do we know that these people aren't also terrorists and a whole bunch more like, yeah, and it does not even matter. It does not matter. We either have a border or we do not. But if you ever wonder at this point, you're wiser watching this show, you don't wonder this, whether this is intentional or not, it obviously is. Check out this tweet, this headline uh, from Fox News. This is absolutely wild. So you know that there was this bill being pushed, this bipartisan bill on the border. Uh, we'll get, check this out. White House says ICE will reduce deportations, detention capacity if Republicans don't pass border bill. That is called extortion. If you do not do what we want, then ICE, which their only job is to kick these people out of the country, their job is to find illegals who have broken the law, thus they are illegal here, and kick them out. The White House is saying, if you don't pass the bill that we want, which by the way, we don't even need the bill in the first place, because we already do have laws as it relates to the border and everything else, then we will have ICE stop doing its job. That is mafia-style tactics. So what do they have? They have mafia-style tactics, and then they have a whole bunch of people who should not have their jobs in the first place. I would say the, the peak of that, well, of course, you've got the elderly man pretending to be president, and then the woman polling at zero, who he brought in as vice president because she's black and female. Uh, but then we also have Department Homeland Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas with his eyebrows, and uh, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. No doubt there is gridlock on Congress, but do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. How could we bear responsibility for this thing? Just because it's my job and it's my policies that have led to uh, about a 10x in illegal immigration since his boss, Joe Biden, took over. Trump's last year, it was about 300,000 people. It's almost 3 million people right now, 2.9, something like that. They've almost 10x'd it. No country on earth, no civilization in the history 
this planet could survive just by letting everyone in and letting them run rampant and everything else. But it's not his fault, it's just a broken system. By the way, the broken system that he's talking about, just weeks ago, they were telling us that the system isn't broken and it's just these crazy right-wingers on YouTube that are, that are making a big deal about this. But then a whole bunch of us started talking about it or had been talking about it for quite some time. It started rising and rising and rising, right? Because you suddenly get people like Joe Rogan who'd rather talk about MMA and you get people like Stephen A. Smith who'd rather talk about the NBA. They're suddenly talking about it and then they can't ignore it anymore. And then they're suddenly like, oh, we need an emergency bipartisan bill passed. Anyway, my orcas continued. Uh, because the other thing that's a bit of a problem right now is that the President of the United States has pudding for a brain, and everyone knows it. And on Thursday night, uh, after this report came out where the Department of Justice basically said the guy can't remember anything, so we can't, we can't charge him with anything because he's an elderly old fool, uh, Joe Biden gave this press conference. We played some clips of it on Friday. It was absolutely terrible. But then this weekend, they sent out the troops to the mainstream media to tell everybody that what you see with Joe Biden is not true. It's actually that he's quite bright, quite smart, and quite on the ball. You have to decide for yourself whether that's true. Here's Mayorkas. Then made gratuitous, unnecessary, and inaccurate personal remarks, and those are improper. The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing and detail-oriented and focused. Intensely probing, I bet he is. I think they're talking about Hunter and the prostitute. Anyway, the special counsel released their report and quite literally, we have got a tweet here from RNC Research. Uh, in his interview with the special counsel, Biden did not remember when he was vice president. So were we to believe that the, the special counsel from the Department of Justice, while Joe Biden is president, is now taking out Joe Biden, like they're lying, I, 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 is the implication that they're lying? He didn't know when he was vice president. Anywho, uh, after that was released, uh, Joe Biden did give a press conference at 7.30 p.m., which you know it was emergency level that they threw him out at 7.30. There's something called sundowning, I think they call it, when, when elderly people with these cognitive uh, problems, uh, that they usually get tired and more confused when sun goes down. So they don't, Joe Biden doesn't do a lot at night, but they threw him up there and it was very clear by the nature of the questions and who he called on that the media has now been given the green light to question Biden's uh, faculties. Uh, here he is confusing Mexico with Egypt. As you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Yeah, DC is the president of Egypt, not of Mexico. Um, look, he confuses things all the time. Everyone confuses things. It's that he stammers over them. So like, you might be like, oh, I misspoke. What did I just say? But, but he just doesn't know and everyone knows it. So they put him out there for a press conference to prove that he's okay. And there were several other slurring moments and confusions and everything else. We played a bunch of them for you on Friday. Uh, anyway, uh, the woman that's waiting in the wings, like for everybody that's like, ah, Biden, like, let's get, get rid of him, he's done, there's nothing left. I mean, we literally have one of, one of the most ridiculous people to ever hold the office of vice president waiting in the wings. And I don't know what's going on in the White House right now, how they're trying to figure this thing out and remove her and everything else, but you know the, the people are writing plans. There are plans, there are meetings, all sorts of stuff. Here's Kamala responding to that Department of Justice report. So the way that the president's demeanor in that report was characterized could not be 
more wrong on the facts and clearly politically motivated. Oh, so Biden's Department of Justice is politically motivated to take out Joe Biden? Is that what you're saying? And by the way, we all know that he is an elderly man who gets confused. And he kind of admitted, well, he tacitly admitted it with his own words in that press conference, but then he accidentally admitted it by getting confused a couple times. But I don't want to be so critical of her. She's obviously ready to be president. And I guess we can all take comfort that this woman might be president literally by the end of this show because anything could happen to Joe Biden at any moment. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> you exist in the context of all in which you live and what came before you. <laughs> it's the context. <laughs> Here's more Kamala Harris. And I have been fortunate and blessed to, during the course of being vice president have many situations where it becomes clear to me that there are, you know, people of every age and, and gender, by the way, who see something about being the first that lets them know they don't need to be um, limited by other people's limited um, understanding of who can do what. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm just getting ahead of this one. When, when Biden steps down, whether it's today, tomorrow, whether it's at the DNC thing, whatever, just, we don't, we're not gonna do a show that day. Just put up this video that I'm saying, we are fucked. We are fucked. <laughs> People, you get it? That woman is going to be president. Okay. Anyway, I mentioned how they throw Mayorkas out there and then they get Kamala out there and they're running cover for their, for their boss. He's obviously not the boss. He's not in charge of anything, but they're running cover for the grift that they've got going. But it's not just the Democrats that run cover for the Democrats, it's that the media runs cover for the Democrats. That really is the issue. Uh, here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe uh, running cover, carrying a little water for the confused man and his bumbling administration. Let's start with President Biden having to defend his mental capabilities. Described in the report as sympathetic elderly man who is well-meaning. That is not how you want your president to be perceived. No, what but he, make of that? he leaned right into it last night and said, I am a sympathetic elderly man who has a good memory. And that'll be the thing he's got to convince and prove to voters over the next several months. I mean, yesterday, in many ways, encapsulated what so many voters tell us they're so worried about. Mm -hmm. Two guys, one who has to spend a lot of time this year in a courtroom, yeah. another who yeah. is perceived as a nice guy, yeah. but perhaps too old and unable to do the job. And at this point, they gotta figure out Ed, which one of these guys do I prefer. To holding a press conference about your mental acuity and to mix up Egypt and Mexico, Mexico is not even in the conversation. No exactly. questions about Mexico. It's not the topic of the press conference. Exactly. It's not a good look. No, and it was all about the, the southern border of Gaza, so he went to Mexico. Yeah. Who among us hasn't screwed up those two countries before? But we're not president. Okay. It's not terrible what he said. He's being slightly sarcastic, but the point is he then has to connect it to Donald Trump's issues and that they just really want you to think that Biden, yeah, he's old, but he's a nice guy, right? The other guy's kind of Hitlery and everything else, um, but who hasn't made these mistakes and everything else? And I've addressed, I've made mistakes on the show. You misspeak every now and again. Generally, when you misspeak, if, if you're there, if you're mostly there, you realize when you misspeak, you don't get completely lost and off track and everything else. And I don't even have to sell this to you. You, you guys got it already. Anyway, here's Rachel Maddow over on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC explaining that because Joe Biden can ride a bike, he's just fine. Just be clear here, right? Like, 
age is the central narrative question here that this all revolves around in terms of its political repercussions, the way the news happened today, the questions being asked him multiple by multiple figures there. And in the end, what makes it such a useful political tool for people that want Donald Trump to be elected or want him not to be reelected is that the fact of his age is not something you can rebut. Mm -hmm. It can't be, you can't tack to, if someone says you're too far left, you can tack to the center. You, you, there's no, the man is 80 years old. He rides a bike. He, he, I like, but he is the age he is. And he rides a bike. He clearly should be president. By the way, everything that that Muppet Chris Hayes just said is nonsense. This is not about the age. Everyone has repeated, every sane person has repeated this over and over and over and over. You can be 80 and have your faculties and all of those things. Should you be president at 80? There's probably a series of reasons that you shouldn't and it would be better suited for someone say in their 40s, 50s, 60s, something like that. Does everyone lose a little something by 80? Yes. Do you think that Joe Biden could, could manage one shift at McDonald's? I do not. But it is not flat out about his age, right? If he, as I just, again, I just started the show. I saw 89-year-old Frankie Valli stand on stage for about two hours with no intermission, sing all of those songs, shaking hands with people, had a ton of energy afterwards, but he probably shouldn't be president of the United States. He should be out there singing, oh, what a night, right? Like it doesn't mean you should be president. That is the point, but they are running cover. And we know if this was flipped, right? If this was Donald Trump getting confused about things, they would be saying, no, he, if he was president, they'd be saying 25th amendment. And if it was Donald Trump getting confused about things right now, they'd be saying he wasn't qualified to be president. But they see this throughout the media. So CBS, they put up their people and oh, you know, he's, he's an old man, but he's nice. And then MSNBC, he can ride a bike. And then over on The View, here's Sarah Haynes. It's the blonde. Mom, I'm calling her her name. It's Sarah Haynes, who's supposed to be the sane one. And she gets confused about things all the time. So obviously, Joe Biden should be president. Think he's saying stupid Not stuff. to explain right. the gaff away, but I'd be more concerned if they followed up and said, uh, uh, Cece, is he a, who is he? And then he said, oh, Egypt, and caught himself. Because the misspeak thing happens all the time. To everybody. Every single person. I remember sitting at this table and once confusingly, like confusing South Korea and North Korea. This I know better if you ask me. the president of the United States, and they describe him as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Yes, Sonny, I'll address you first. That is how they describe him. It's his Department of Justice, a sympathetic, right? They, they even threw sympathetic in there to be nice. That like, that's completely editorializing, but that he's obviously confused and doesn't remember dates and things like that. We all know it. It's not about like the CC thing, thinking that CC is the president of Mexico. It's like that sort of like random, okay, you got the name wrong with the country. Okay, it's the rest of it. It's the bumbling and the confusion and the stammering and everything else. Any of you who have been around any grandparent or elderly person that has gone through this, you know, it's a, it's sort of annoying to some extent when I have to cover this. I spent an awful lot of time with my grandma at the end, those last couple of years when she had the beginnings of dementia into, into pretty intense dementia and really couldn't remember anything and the confusion and the, the, the emotional stuff. And it's not easy. And I used to go to the doctors with her and all of that stuff. She should not have been president. That is the point. Anyway, as of Thursday night, as I said earlier, they threw him up there in that press conference Thursday night. And as of Thursday night, it's official. It's in the ether now. It's not just in the ether of the crazy people online like me and Rogan and everybody else. Now it's in the mainstream narrative. They're covering this on mainstream shows that something is not right with him mentally. So now they have to figure out, okay, if enough people start thinking that we gotta get rid of this guy. So let's go back to Sonny Hostin over on The View talking about what that off ramp is.
Listen, we're telling you. Okay, so Tim Scott and Tim Scott and Elise Stefanik. You guys, do you think changing candidates in the middle of a race when people have already voted? This is not like changing your underwear. People have already voted. There's already delegates that have been apportioned. But there's an off ramp here, and I think one of the off ramps that we need to think about is once all of the delegates are are received. The, Dem the DNC will be certifying the delegates, right, um, and the count. And Gavin Newsom can be swapped out if Joe Biden decides to Or another aside. candidate. Or it another can candidate. be done. I, I think, think it's Gavin important Newsom the public can knows. win. Do you see how authoritarian they are at the end of the day? So they, they've been selling you a bill, bill of goods that's BS, right? So they've been running, and as I said earlier, carrying water for Biden forever. Now they're basically at the point, and you have to understand, when something gets to The View, that is one of the airlock shows that then gets things out to the mainstream. That's why I cover The View all the time. The, the View is where middle America um, women basically are allowed to start thinking things so that they can go to their, what, what do women do with each other? They can go to their chick clubs and do their hair and talk about things that it's now, you're not fringe when you talk about it, it's chick clubs. Is that a thing, <laughs> chick? <laughs> like fight club for chicks. They can, you know, it's like, oh, they talked about it on The View, now I can talk about it. Oh, Biden, you know, I have been thinking something's wrong with Joe Biden. Oh, they said it on The View, how can we get out of this? And she basically, the authoritarian part of her is like, yeah, yeah, we'll have the election, we'll get the delegates, and then uh, we'll just swap them out. Because why should what the people think cares? Uh, why should what the people think matters? Look, I just screwed up a word, hot damn. I guess I should be taken out. Um, but the point is, if Sonny Hostin isn't buying it anymore, if the women at that table are kind of like, there's gotta be an off ramp. So now Michael Rappaport, top of the show, he's not buying it anymore. Adam Sosnick, uh, PBD's co-host, not buying it anymore. Bill Maher, not buying it anymore. Rogan, not buying it anymore. Stephen A. Smith, not buying it anymore. How about how about another guy? Could, could we find another guy? We've got video of another guy. How about boxer Mike Tyson? You guys know I like when we just pick people from different walks of life, just being like, I can't take this crap anymore. Tyson lays out something that a uh, young man a long time ago named Ronald Reagan once said, I think you're gonna enjoy this. When I was younger, I was all out liberal, but as I get older and I look at my children and I see what's out in the world, I get a little conservative, you know, it, it, it's common sense. Okay, so that's not even about how radical the Democrats have gotten. That's just how we evolve and we get older. But now I wanna tie this whole show together because there's something else that's gonna have to happen here. It's not that we just have to wake people up. We have to show people that there is a political movement or a cultural movement or, or something that transcends both of those things. Like the, there's just a group of people who would just like to live, and live in something remotely close to sanity. And, and we're gonna have to do that without trying to destroy each other all the time. So one of the things that's been a little disheartening uh, for me over the last couple of weeks is that Tucker Carlson has been going after Ben Shapiro pretty hard. Uh, and claiming that Ben is is not pro-America and a whole bunch more. And I would connect this to what we're saying, which is that Tucker and Ben are not on the opposite side of things, I think. I think they both love America. I think they may have different policy issues, per particularly when it comes to foreign policy, perhaps. Uh, but we need to make sure that the Tucker Carlson's and the Ben Shapiro's are not in warring factions. Otherwise, all of those people who are on the way are gonna be like, wow, look at these freaking people. Look at these freaking people. They can't even agree on anything. Uh, so I want, I am going to try very hard uh, for the next little while to, to settle this issue. So I want to show you a, a video of Tucker Carlson. He's made remarks like this a couple times before, but I thought this was sort of the most direct and intense. Uh, Tucker Carlson on, um, on Russell Brand's podcast uh, talking about uh, Ben Shapiro. Take a look. I would say huh. two things. First, we have a right to be mad. At least, and let me just again speak for 
Americans, middle-aged Americans, uh, which is what I am, you know, I've got four draft-age children. So if you're playing recklessly, fast and loose with their lives, then I have a right to despise you, and I do. So if you're Nikki Haley who's running for president or Ben Shapiro or half the people I see on television casually mentioning the possibility of nuclear war or sending Americans to fight in the Middle East or in any way involving us in a war that has nothing to do with prosperity and peace at home, nothing, in other words, to do with us Americans, then I have a right to call you out and be really offended because it's my family. They live here. It's not a joke to me. It's, there's nothing abstract about it. And that is the difference between what's happening in the Middle East from what's happening in Ukraine, about which I had very strong feelings, but I didn't think there was a realistic possibility that my kids could be enmeshed in it. Now there is. So I think, you know, get some self-respect. I would say to my fellow Americans, get a clearer picture of what's important. Your children are important. Okay, that's number one, your children. And if they're threatening your children, I don't care what their justification is. They're your enemy. That's how I feel about it. Okay, first I want to address the part that I agree with. I, I actually agree with Tucker on the meta part of this, that we should have sane foreign policy and we have to care about what's happening within our borders first. And I can tell you as a new father, the important thing is that my kids will live in a safe, prosperous country and everything else. So he's right about that. Now the part where he's connecting it, and I'm gonna remove Nikki from this because he's, he's referencing a politician. Politicians have policies. I have never once, heard Ben call for troops in the Middle East. I have never heard once for Ben calling for nuclear war. So when he says, I, have a, I, have a, I think he says, I have a right to despise you or something like that. Uh, there is a fundamental difference between saying, oh, we would like to help an ally because that's what this is really about. He's talking about Israel. We'd like to help an ally with the arms that it needs to stop a genocidal terrorist organization from causing a second Holocaust versus we're sending troops there and everything else. I think he's being a little kind of sloppy with that, but I'm agreeing with the meta version of what he's saying. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that explanation that I just laid out there, that can be healed. And if we can heal that, then a whole bunch of people, all those people who I just mentioned, who are kind of on their way, they're not gonna be like, oh, these people are all crazy and look at them always trying to take themselves out. So anyway, I had been on the show last week uh, and I asked him about that because I think it's important that we can, uh, that we can defray some of this nonsense before it really lights on fire. Uh, and I thought Ben's answer was quite good. I want to ask you one other thing related to this since I brought up Tucker a couple of times. He, he's been somewhat critical of you. I actually think kind of unfairly, and I, I defended you on my show a couple of weeks ago, basically saying that you were, you were too overly emotive about Israel uh, and what was going on there. And I think there's some subtle overtones uh, with, that come with that. What do you make of his criticism of you related to this? Also, and I know it's not the most fun thing to talk about because we all live in the same world in a, in a sense. Um, also the fact that, you know, he's trying to build a network, you have a network, he might view you as competition now. There could be some other motives going on here. I mean, listen, best to Tucker in all of his endeavors with, with regard to his network. I think that some of the, he put out a, a little documentary on the border recently that I thought was quite good. You know, again, I, I like many things that Tucker says. What Tucker said about me is that I don't love the country, which I found absolutely peculiar. Uh, it's It's something that, I would never say about him. He and I disagree about a wide variety of issues, ranging from economics to foreign policy. That's a, that's a bizarre notion. And again, I've, I've actually invited Tucker to come on my show. Like We've been texting. I, I think it's good for the right to have these discussions. Um, I'd be perfectly willing to, to, to discuss with him. Hopefully, we can work out a time to, to make that happen. Because 
yeah, I mean, I too would, would be uh, interested in some clarification of, of whether, you know, in fact, he, he does think that I don't love the country in the way that he suggested. Because, again, I, I think that I, I doubt he feels that way. I really doubt he feels that way. Perhaps it was poorly articulated. Um, but I'd like to certainly ask him the question. All right. So Tucker has said it a couple times. Tucker, I'm happy to talk to you anytime. I'm happy to facilitate a conversation. You guys are obviously texting already. But the point of all of this is, is as these people wake up, let's give them a home that they can walk into that is nice and clean and orderly and respect some differences and all of that stuff the way the United States always was, as opposed to all of these people being like, wow, I've been kicked out of that house, right? I've been kicked out of the Democrat party and the progressives are loons and all hell's breaking loose over there. And then I'm like, oh, there's a nice house over there. And then you open up the door and then everyone's fighting over here. That will not be good and we will just get more of this insanity. And guess what, guys? More and more people are, are ready to come into our home. They're ready to join us on the, on the right side of all of this. So how about one more from those crazy, dare I say, ex-lefties who we started with, uh, Sosnick and Rappaport. You got played, and here's what the, re this is why I think you're gonna vote for Trump, is because you, much like me, much like many people, independent thinkers, not the sheep, realize we kind of got played a little bit. Yes, Trump ain't exactly the smoothest character. He's not, He's not Jesus Christ. No. But he actually, his policies and who he has around him are way better than what's going on there. And Sosnick, I'm sending you this video because that's exactly what I said to you when we first met about two years ago. You're gonna end up voting for Trump. And now you clearly are. And again, it doesn't mean that you love Trump or his behavior or the way he speaks or anything else. It's just an aversion to the full-on insanity and the rest of us are just trying to trying to live our lives. And that's that's where we gotta do some work right now, right? It's not just responding to the crazies all the time. It's actually it's actually building the right foundation for a new America that actually will look a lot like the old America that we used to love. That is the program for today. That full interview, by the way, with Ben Shapiro is up across platforms right now, ad-free on locals. Post game show in about 30 seconds, rubenreport.locals.com. People of the internet live at 1 p.m. We're on Twitter and on Instagram and on Rumble. You know all that stuff. Uh, we leave you with something kind of funny, a little woke job interview, and I'll, I'll see you guys on the other side. Ciao. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Ezra Fresh. They, them. I just want to take five seconds to acknowledge my white privilege. Just a moment of silence. Everyone. I, I, I just want to make sure I'm working for an organization that aligns with my values. So you mentioned that you guys don't have plans for Black History Month. I, I didn't say that we don't have plans. I said that the memo is yet to be. It's just like the sixth, sixth of February already. Okay. Who's your favorite Black inventor? I, I was the one asking you a question. Just name one Black inventor. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. This is this is not the structure of the interview. I just want to know for my team, how many BIPOC queer individuals will be on my team? I wouldn't want to take their spot. I just want to know the team. Okay. I, mean, I said I'm involved in fundraising. You're, 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 you're asking the question as if, you've, as if you've been offered the job. You can't name one black inventor. You cannot name one black inventor. Is this a for-profit organization charity or what are we doing here? So... If you think the way that you're conducting yourself in this interview is a good way to try and get a job, 
I think you need to do some reevaluating. Are you lying? I asked politely now. Were you lying? That you leave. Do you think this is funny? This interview. Are you gonna? Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.